Exploring Digital History, brought to you by the Virginia Center for Digital History at the University of Virginia. Today we're speaking with Andrew Torgut, a graduate student in history and a project manager here at the center. Andrew, yeah. how did you get involved with the center? I got involved um, back in 2001 when I was, I came to QVA to obviously study history and I had absolutely no interest whatsoever in digital tools, technology, um, or even the Civil War, which is something I got involved with here quite a bit. But uh, my advisor is Ed Ayers and he has a big project called the Valley of the Shadow Project, which has been one of the um, premier projects at the center. And he was my advisor and I started doing a master's thesis on secession in Virginia which um, used a lot of the resources from the Valley Project. And as I started working on it, he suggested that uh, I perhaps get involved in the project, doing some of the work that a lot of graduate students do here at the center for different projects, transcribing some of the materials that we have online, things like that. And I said, no, not interested. I really wasn't. Um, this was over the winter break after first semester. And then summer came around, and uh, the thing that got me involved, which is what gets most people involved here originally, is I needed money. Yeah. And uh, it was a paying job, a good, well-paying job, and uh, so I got involved and started transcribing and doing some work over the summer uh, for the previous project manager, a uh, nice lady named Susanna Lee, who was uh, working on the project. And I did that for a while and I thought it was interesting, um, but I didn't really envision using it for any of my own work or getting more involved um, until the next semester um, Ed asked me to become the project manager. And I thought about it for a little bit and had no concept of just how much work that was actually going to entail. So I agreed <laughs> and got involved. And uh, I've been here for the last, I guess, five years now working on a number of different projects. Well, could you talk to us a little bit about the Valley Project, specifically um, what it is, mm -hmm. what, what its mission is, mm -hmm. and how it's evolved over time, perhaps? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's a, there's, a, there's a lot there because it's been around for a while. It got started, the, the whole idea began back in the early 90s when uh, Ed Ayers had an idea for a book where he wanted to look at the Civil War from two communities, um, one northern and one southern, to try to really get in-depth into the minds of people who basically went to war and killed each other for you know, four horrible years in the 1860s. So he picked uh, two counties near the border. Um, one is Augusta County, Virginia, and one is Franklin County, Pennsylvania. They're, they're both within the same valley. It's called the Shenandoah in Virginia and the Cumberland in Pennsylvania. They're about 200 miles apart. And they seem to share everything um, except for slavery, which is the one thing that does divide them. And they ended up going to war and killing each other. You know literally during uh, 1861 to 1865. So he wanted to, to look into this. And he originally intended to write a short book. Um, this was uh, after he just finished Promise of the New South, which is a very big, very well-received book about um, life in the South after Reconstruction. And he wanted to do this fairly quickly and sort of move on. Um, but right after he came up with this idea, he was on a committee that was talking to IBM. And IBM was interested in 1993 in seeing what computers could do for humanity studies. Okay. So they, they put together a little panel, and Ayers was one of them. And Ayers quickly realized that you know, some of the stuff he wanted to do, which was really get in-depth into census records, military records, um, try to make these small details of life in each county talk to each other and put them into some sort of useful order might be something uniquely suited to computers. And so he proposed his 
um, book as possibly a digital project that IBM would be interested in. And so it, it and another project um, became the two founding projects for the Institute for Advanced Technology in the Humanities, IF. Um, and the Valley Project got started there. And it grew. The whole idea behind the project is fairly simple. It's we have these two communities and we basically tried to find every piece of primary source material that still exists from these two counties and digitize it and make it available to people. And, you know, that for, two, for only two counties, you wouldn't think there'd be that much stuff. But right. amazingly, there is more than we ever could have possibly imagined or envisioned back in 1993 because it's now 1990 or 2006 I'm sorry and in 13 years you know we've done almost as much as we possibly can but there's still more to do mm -hmm. so we've been doing that ever since and the project's grown in exponentially but um, now it really is divided into three categories and it looks at the war the coming of the war um, in its own special area that has all the materials from these two counties from the years before 1859 I'm sorry, 1859 to 1861. Then it has the war years that actually follows the counties through the war itself, and then it has everything um, everything after the war years. Okay. And in, in, in the process of building this project, that's kind of how VCDH got started. Um, this project was a part of IATH, but in 1998, um, Ed Ayers and Will Thomas, who had become the project manager for the Valley, decided that we really needed a space that was specifically dedicated to digital history work. IF does all humanity stuff and do some great, great work over there. But Ed and Will felt there needed to be a space specifically for history mm -hmm. and for some of the outreach for K through 12 that we, the VCDH, um, does with our projects like Valley of the Shadow. So, so how could Valley of the Shadow be used? I mean, certainly scholars would use it to have uh, research there at their fingertips. Yeah. Um, that could be one use for it. Are there other ways that you've heard the Valley being used? The Valley gets used in a surprisingly large number of ways, and you know, some of them we never anticipated, which is sort of the fun part of doing this sort of work. Um, way we've often described the project is it's, it's as smart as you are, which is, you know, it, whatever questions you have and mm. things you're interested in, you can almost always find some sort of use for the project that fits your needs. So the way the project works is it's all primary sources, and they're translated into whatever the most convenient digital form is to access online. But we don't have any intermediation on the scholars part. We don't have interpretation. We don't tell you, for example, why the war came. We don't tell you what role slavery played in all of that stuff. What we do is kind of give you a laboratory, we, as we think of it, um, for doing historical experiments. If you could know anything in the world you wanted to know about Augusta County and Franklin County, one northern and one southern county in the Civil War, what kind of questions, what kind of experiments would you enact in this place? So, you know, it gets used a lot for teaching. We have people use it in the classrooms in middle schools, high schools, a lot of undergraduate and even in graduate school courses um, for all kinds of purposes, not just history. Um, and scholars use it um, for their own research. It's, it's a phenomenal source if you really want to get in-depth in what it's like in a given community to actually live the Civil War. So it shows up now. Um, it's been around long enough that it's showing up in footnotes for books, dissertations, mm -hmm. articles, things like that. Um, but genealogists, you know, use it a good deal as well. It's, it's actually one of the most fascinating things about the project we never anticipated was that since all of our records are online, somebody who Googles their family name will find you know, 
Parker, whatever it is, in some of our databases that way and find our project. And so they can find some of the materials that we've pieced together and maybe get a better sense of whatever family history they're trying to find from that period. But it often works as much to our benefit because a lot of these families are very eager to share their family history. So if there's a person that lived in Augusta County in the 1860s and their family member finds our name in our census records, that it's, we've had many people come to us with family letters, diaries, pictures, you know, all kinds of records from the era that we otherwise would never have known about mm. and certainly never would have had access to. And that becomes a part of this organic archive that we've been building over the years. So you've talked to us a little bit about the past, um, your work with the Valley. You've talked to us how it's being used currently. What are its plans for the future? The future is uh, it's something we're working on. Um, the project has reached a point um, where we're talking about how we're going to archive this. Um, a digital project is very different from something like a book or an article in, in a lot of obvious ways. And one of the ones that we're struggling with right now is how do you shelve that? With a book, when it's printed, it'll go on a library shelf. And you know in 100 years, if the paper is still there, you can read it. With digital stuff, um, the technology that makes the things we've transcribed, the databases we built work, has to keep up and be updated so that you know all the stuff that we've done up there has to be maintained so that it will still be accessible in five or ten years. <clears throat> and the process of doing that is you know not exactly clear cut. So something that library systems, since we're moving into such a digital age, are struggling with all over the country and no one has you know one exact solution but it really points to the fact that these digital projects are much more alive mm -hmm. and organic than books and articles are because you know we can always add to the project if we want to we have to cut it off at some point because you know for long term we just can't do that forever but at the same time we don't want to you know cut off the possibility that in 10 years a whole new collection might come along that would be extremely important to add to the archive and we would want to still be able to do that and we also want to make sure that everything we have done to this point remains accessible. So the future right now is we're finishing up some of the uploading of new material, and then we're going to try to figure out a way to make this long-term sustainable um, for us, for the center, and for all the people who use it, both for scholarship and for teaching across the country. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank we you. were speaking with Andrew Torget, uh, Project Manager at the Virginia Center for Digital History. This has been Exploring Digital History at VCDH here at the university. If you want to get involved or hear more about what we're doing, please log on and visit www.vcdh.virginia.edu. Well, thank you again, Andrew. Thank you so much.